You're listening to Season 2, Episode 14 of the Cowgirl Confessions Podcast. Friend, it is surreal to even hear myself say those words. Like Season 2, I mean, less than six months ago, I didn't even have a podcast. I didn't have one of those cute little pictures to put up to say I had a podcast. I mean, it was literally an idea and thanks to some really incredible friends and mentors that said, hey, progress over perfection. Just start, just start and you'll figure it out. This podcast came to life and so many of you have delivered and you've been recommending people to share their stories or you've reached out to me personally and said you want to share your story. So I'm just honestly just ecstatic and a little bit even overwhelmed at times about just the amount of support I've received uh, about, you know, our mission and embracing the cowgirl state of mind. It it feels so, so good. And I'm just thankful that I get to be a part of this and share this with with all of you that that are choosing to listen. We've had a lot of new followers over on Instagram. So your your word of mouth is working, guys. And I, I just so appreciate you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This episode was absolutely incredible getting to record and catch up with this guest Y'all, she's a wife, a mom, she's a third generation rancher, and also, I mean, just a dreamer. You know, she describes herself as forever chasing big dreams in the most fashionable outfit she owns. Love that. She also is the founder of of ofthewest.co, which I think is going to be a game changer. This is a new platform, but y'all, it's going to be a game changer for people, you know, looking for jobs, looking to hire people for jobs in our Western agriculture equine industries. It's just so exciting. So without further ado, I'm excited to introduce you to Jesse Jarvis. Hey, y'all, and welcome. You're listening to the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Dakota Dawn Johnson, small town cowgirl with Southern roots, blazing a trail as a Midwest ranch wife, mama, and businesswoman. The mission of Cowgirl Confessions is to share the wonderfully wild and Western life stories of cowgirls from all walks of life. We'll talk about the highs, the lows, and everything in between when it comes to navigating careers, cowboys, kids, and cattle. Legendary cowgirl Dale Evans said it best, Cowgirl is a pioneer spirit, a special brand of American courage. The cowgirl faces life head on, lives by our own lights, and makes no excuses. Cowgirls take stands. They speak up. They defend the things they hold dear. A cowgirl might be a rancher, a barrel racer, a bull rider, or an actress, but she's just as likely to be a checker at the local Winn-Dixie, a full-time mother, a banker, an attorney, or an astronaut. If you're into wet saddle blankets, talks with God, buckets full of laughter, and the life lessons learned in the process, kick off your boots and settle in. I pray these stories encourage, empower, and give you just the leg up you need. Here's to embracing the cowgirl state of mind, no matter how wild and western life may get along the way. Hi, friends. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. I am so stoked to introduce you to today's guest. Um, I'm sure many of you already know her or follow her on social media, 
but I have Jesse Jarvis on the line. Jesse, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I can't tell you how much it means to me. Oh, well, we're, I'm just so excited um, to, to get to visit with you and let you share, uh, you know, your story, because I just feel like you're jam-packed with so many things that you have contributed just to the Western industry, um, rural America, you have your own website and just do a really great job of trying to tell the story of what it's like, you know, being a third generation Idaho rancher, but also looking fashionable while you do it. And so we've got a lot to unpack today and you telling us, you know, kind of a little bit more about yourself and your family and y'all's cattle operation. Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, I am a third generation on my family's ranch. Um, my husband, Justin, we've been married for six years, a little over six years. Um, and he is actually a fifth generation on his family ranch as well, or not necessarily on his family ranch. Um, we don't ranch with them. We do ranch with my family, but he comes from a very longstanding family operation as well. Um, I, they have been in business 106 years, I believe. Uh, and we're, both of our ranches are located in the same county. So we are um, definitely proud to be Idaho ranchers and take that very, very seriously. And then I am a mom to a little boy named Jet. He will be three in February. And then we are also expecting a little girl in February as well. So life is a little crazy right about now, but um, it's a good phase to be in. And I'm, I will admit, I'm a little bit excited to get out of this phase. <laughs> I am ready to have this baby. So uh, well, congratulations. Well, thank you. That, that is so exciting. And so on top of, I mean, you're, you're already a working, you know, mom, wife, um, you're pregnant with your second child and you have recently launched a, a brand new platform um, for the, the Western industry. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Yeah, so of the West is the name and it is essentially a job specific uh, platform for people in the agriculture and Western industries. Um, and that's one thing that I, I just love the ag and Western lifestyle so much. And I want to do anything that I can to make a difference in those. And that's one thing that I have been on all sides of the spectrum when it comes from looking to an intern, looking for an internship out of college to wanting a full-time job after college and being on the hiring side at like in the office and as a rancher. And even now I work remote for a company called the Boutique Hub. So um, we have a lot of involvement in the retail side of things and more of the Western industry. And then with Western Runway, um, a magazine that I've been a part of just being on the rodeo side of things. One thing that all of those have in common is that I feel like there's not a great place to find um, a job when you're looking for one or find the right type of hire. And so that is something that I'm really hoping that of the West um, is able to facilitate and grow and give more opportunities to those, not just those looking for jobs, but those also hiring and just the general business scope of the ag and Western industries. I think this is an incredible idea. I wish this had been around whenever I graduated college 
there's there's such a need for people to come from that background that can really understand and I think a lot of times you know just the the level of customer service they can help provide for a company if they come from that background or are very knowledgeable in it so I just think this is going to be such a blessing to the people of the ag and western industries to to be able to connect like this I I'm very hopeful that it will be able to do exactly what you just said, because that is one thing that I think is kind of ironic, if you will, is so much of the work done in the ag or equine or Western industry. Um, it's very specialized and you need to have some kind of inherent knowledge or have worked in that industry for a while. It's it's not necessarily something that you can just come into and instantly know everything. And frankly, there's probably not a job on this earth where you can come in and instantly know everything. Um, but I think that it's very, you know, interesting that we do require so much just knowledge or experience, but at the same time, there's not a single place where you can go hire or look for a job specifically in front of people with the knowledge or experience that we're wanting. So I really hope that this is going to provide a lot of opportunities for people across America. Uh, I think it absolutely will. And I, I really believe in what you're doing and what this of the West is, is working to do. And um, just props to you as well. I've been on there and the navigation of the, the app and the site is super user-friendly. And in, in these industries, we're so used to word of mouth and, and word of mouth is still going to be really important, but this is just going to help help uh, bridge that gap a little bit faster. Well, and word of mouth is one of the things that um, the trade side of, of the West was really stemmed from. So there is a, there's two sides to the business. There's a job side, obviously, for those um, who are either seeking a job or looking to hire. And then there's a side for more trade or service-based businesses because those do depend on word of mouth so much. Um, you know, I have, I always give this example, but one time when I was working for our state cattle association, we didn't have a graphic designer on staff. And so I hired a graphic designer and I needed a sign done for the beef cattle industry. And the first draft that they gave me back had a dairy animal on it. And it didn't ever even cross my mind that when I said I wanted a cow on this sign that I needed to be specific in the type of cow because again, I just assumed that everybody knew that when I work for the State Cattle Association that I instantly need a beef animal, but obviously they had gone on Google and just found the first cow that they found, which was a dairy <laughs> animal. And so <laughs> but I know that that is so common, just people who know our industry and know what we're doing. And especially in those in the trade side of businesses, whether it's a journalist or an event speaker or, you know, you're looking to build an arena and you want somebody who has experience because if you're not a roper or, you know, in any kind of a rodeo industry, you don't necessarily know what does an arena need. So I'm really excited that the trade side of that business um, can help in those situations as well. Yes, that is going to be so, so handy and just super helpful. Like you said, regardless of your, you know, building an arena or looking for a photographer to shoot, you know, for your horses or whatever it might be. Um, just really excited about that. And okay, so this is more of, um, you know, more on the, the business side and just how you've went about bringing not just of the West to life, but I know you've played a 
a really significant part, you know, in Western Runway and helping at the Boutique Hub. And those are relatively new. Um, I say new, they've been around for a while, but it's not like those were ideas that were brand new and you had to get people on board to believe in those ideas. And, um, you know, that's not easy. And so I'm just wondering, like, if you could share a little bit with us about, you know, how you've overcome some of the, maybe the naysayers and really been able to continue to push forward and continue to build, you know, these ideas that you believe in, even when it's still so new in a lot of ways to our industry. Oh, that is so challenging. And to be perfectly honest, I feel like I still struggle with that, even with um, of the West, because it's something I am so passionate about, but obviously it's brand new. And so, and to, you know, perfect that elevator pitch, if you will, and, and let people know exactly what it is that you're doing and why it's important and why it's a need. And I think the of the three things that you mentioned of the West, Western Runway and the Boutique Hub, the one thing um, that I would say all three of those have in common as far as just getting people to believe in our product or our service or whatever it is, is that we have under-promised and over-delivered because that is something that is so important. I feel like, especially when you're just starting out, you have all these dreams and goals and ideas, but you don't necessarily know what's going to happen or where things will be in a month or three months or six months. And so I think it's so incredibly important to really uh, under promise in the sense of you have this idea and it could definitely turn into more, but it's better to give people more without their, them expecting it than to over promise and then say, oh no, we bit off way more than we can chew. And now we have to go back on our word and back on our business. And that's not a good way for anybody to, to start anything. Oh, that's such a great reminder. And that's also one of our things at Area, you know, just making sure that we are doing everything we can to add value, you know, to, to that customer. And, and you do that, you, you do that even outside of, of your businesses. That's one of the reasons that I'm, I'm really drawn to like following you and what you do, like on your website, even, I mean, you have the denim diaries, you have this beef list where you can find beef all over the U S I mean, you, you just add value to people. And so that's, um, it's a really special trait that you have. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. That is something that I'd really do try to pride myself on. The worst thing for me is feel is I would never want somebody to feel like I have taken advantage of them or that I made a commitment and didn't live up to it or made a promise that I wasn't able to keep. Like those are such important qualities for me to have in, you know, not only as a person, but in everything I do in life. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, so Jesse, I'm curious, at what point did you um, make the shift from, you know, maybe working in town or going to an office every day to really doing more um, of what you are now working remotely, but kind of working on some different projects and also for yourself? Yeah, so and I feel like I've been, kind of been all over the map on this, and I don't know if that's necessarily a good quality to have or not, but um, originally out of college, I worked for our state cattle association, and I spent, I think it was three years there as their communications director, um, and it was at a time where I was kind of looking 
to move up, but I was one of only three people in the office and I couldn't move up in my role because, you know, when you're there are three people, that's not necessarily an opportunity. So I was kind of looking for something new. And at that same time, um, my mom was going through some health issues with her back and it was to the point where my parents were going to need to hire somebody new on the ranch. And so my parents are um, quite a bit older than most parents of people my age. Um, my dad and Justin's grandpa are actually only a year apart in age. So there's definitely a generation gap in between us. And I didn't want my parents to hire somebody and then me go find another job and spend 10 more years as a career person and potentially miss out on learning like valuable information from them on the ranch so that someday that we could take it over. So it wasn't necessarily in my mind, I wasn't looking to come home, but at, at the time I knew that that was the right thing because what I wanted short-term versus what I wanted long-term. Long-term, I knew that I wanted to come back to the ranch and you know raise the next generation here. So that's how I got back home to the ranch. And then I think that I worked here probably, I bet it was two years, um, one or two years. And then Justin and I got married and then he came on full-time with my parents, which that allowed me a little bit more freedom and flexibility in finding some more like remote or part-time work, which was really important to me because I feel like at a young age, is when I want to be working. I don't necessarily want to be somebody who is 65 and changed, changed to a job because they, you know, had fun in their 20s and 30s, which there's obviously nothing wrong with that as well. But I want to be somebody who has balance enough to where I'm working hard now while I'm young and I can. And then, you know, when I want to enjoy life with my kids, then I really have that opportunity too. So I've always been, um, somebody who has had kind of like a side gig or a part-time something, if you will. Um, I've been at the Boutique Hub for, I think four and a half years. It would have been four years this fall. So almost, yeah, four and a half years. Um, and then obviously now with Up the West and then Western Runway in between that, there's definitely always something going on. I feel like this phase of life we're in now where I am raising a toddler at home and then pregnant. I have been more of an office girl than I have been a ranch girl or a cow girl. And that's actually been hard for me to swallow just because based on our day-to-day -day schedule, I don't get up to the ranch as much as I'm used to. And that's been difficult, but I know that, you know, it's just a phase and it will pass and it's not something that is permanent. So for what that's worth. Yeah, well, it is just really neat hearing your story. And right now, you know, I can really relate in a lot of ways to what you said about not getting to play as active as a role, you know, at the ranch right now, um, you know, because you're you're pregnant and you've got the toddler and um, and and my job requires a lot of travel with Ariad as a sales rep. And so, um, you know, I find myself sometimes while I absolutely love what I get to do and the people I get to work with, um, you know, on days that you know, I'm, I'm not there when a, you know, the truck comes to pick up a load to take to the feedlot, or I'm not there to get to help do some of the things that are really, you know, vital parts of running our cattle operation. Um, I feel like I'm missing out. And so to understand, like you said, it, it's a phase, it's not a forever and just setting yourself and your family up for, 
you know, where you, you do have that freedom and flexibility as your kids get older to, to go and do with them. Oh, absolutely. And that is something that I feel like this has been the, the phase that I'm in right now has been the, the most difficult as far as not being able to be at the ranch as often. Um, and sometimes it makes me feel like kind of a fraud in the sense that like, I am a rancher and a cattlewoman and a cowgirl and all of these things, but I don't get to do it every day. And there's some days when, you know, I, I will have to have to go a couple days without being at, being at the ranch, just based on needing to be present in the office for the rest of my team. And then obviously having jet, he naps in the afternoon, which is normally when we would go to the ranch. Um, and so providing him with consistency, which a toddler needs. And so I have a really hard time with it. But at the same time, I know that like what I'm doing now is worth it in the long term. Um, and it's something that is, even though it doesn't feel like it's important, it is. And it's not going to be like this forever. And I kind of think of it as like a season mm -hmm. of life and just like seasons they last about three or four months and things will change and it's not going to be like this forever. And, you know, you have to buckle down and do the hard stuff to reap the reward at the end of it. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, well, I just, um, I appreciate your honesty on that. And, you know, I think we all probably have something in our life, whether it's, you know, to do with the ranch side of things or whatever that we, we probably do feel a little bit like a fraud about in some ways, but um, it's just good to hear that from another, you know, another woman in the industry that you know you're you're working your tail off there's no way you would have been able to do everything you've done and continue to do if you weren't and so um I think sometimes just having somebody be vulnerable and share that um makes us all feel a little bit more like like it's okay oh well I tell you what that's one thing that I love so much about this industry and something that honestly keeps me going as well as I know there are so many and not even just farm wives but like ranch wives who are at home raising young children because they can't go to daycare or they live rural and don't have that opportunity and they they don't get to do the stuff they love anymore but that doesn't that doesn't make them any less in fact i feel like that makes them more because they are making those sacrifices for their family in the short term for themselves because they know in the long term it's going to pay off and and i just think of how many people you know, I talk about ranch wives and that, but there are farm wives and rodeo wives and all of these women out there who, who do make those sacrifices. And so they are the ones who definitely keep me going as well. Yeah, it's, everybody's got a special role to play in. And I'm going to shift gears here for a minute, kind of a, you are so fashionable and like, have you always had an eye for fashion? Like, where did this kind of come from? and um, just some of your, your favorite fashion um, items right now. Oh gosh, well, thank you. To answer your first question though, no, I have not always been fashionable. In <laughs> fact, if you guys saw photos of me from high school or even college, you would probably like, oh, it's so embarrassing because I was the tomboy who literally wore the same hoodie and the same pair of jeans. And I had my hair in a slicked back low bun, like George Washington style every single day but it wasn't until i went to work um when i worked as a communications director we also did a lot of lobbying at the state house and so obviously you put on your black pantsuit and you go down to the state house 
and every single woman looks the same in their black pantsuit. And I absolutely hated that because it wasn't who I was. It wasn't a representation of why I was there, which was, you know, standing up to protect and promote the ranchers of Idaho. And so I started incorporating different Western things that were still appropriate into my black pantsuit. So sometimes I might wear a pair of boots or a turquoise necklace or something like that. So I would stand out, but still be appropriate for the time. And that's definitely how um, I would say that I started kind of curating my own fashion. Um, just having that, you know, that want to like look different, but not look out of place, I guess. And that's something that I still try to pride myself on. Like, I don't necessarily want to be the person that like everybody notices in the room, but after everybody's left, I still want to be the person that like, hey, did you notice like that was a good outfit? Or like, did you notice that person? Like, I don't need to turn heads, but I just want to stand out in a, in a good way. Yeah, your, your style, it's very classic and like timeless you know I feel like the pieces that you you know wear and you could have those for years and and just really style them in a lot of different ways and yes I am definitely somebody who is who is not usually into trendy type things or if if there is a trend I like I still want to incorporate it into more of a classic look I would rather have a small closet of pieces that I can wear for 10 or 15 years or say for my my daughter or my grandkids than have a closet of 100 pieces that I'm only going to wear for a season. Yeah well in saying that what what are some of your um, favorite pieces you have right now or favorite places to shop? Oh so as far as favorite pieces go um, obviously like a crisp white shirt I feel like that never goes out of style and that is something that I have always been into whether it's a button-up or just like a classic white blouse white goes with everything. Um, I definitely a good pair of denim I am still somebody who is into like the wide leg trouser just because of how it fits on my body type I feel like it's very flattering look for my body and I feel very put together. Um, I could wear like a t-shirt on the top, but as long as I have some starched trousers, I feel like I have at least put a little bit of effort into my outfit for the day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, a good pair of boots, obviously. And then I am somebody who kind of back to that classic versus trendy thing. I would rather have a smaller collection of authentic silver or turquoise uh, that I know is going to last forever than to have a big collection of like costume jewelry or anything like that. Yes. Yeah. Those are great. Just like you said, timeless pieces that you can pair. And um, I mean, not that you need any ideas for content because I mean, you have awesome content, but if you ever wanted to do like a Jesse Jarvis closet tour, I'm sure people would be into that. I would. So uh my closet I am one of those like type I'm probably not even type a like I'm type triple a I get this from my father um my closet is actually organized by color and then within color it goes from it goes by sleeve length so it starts at like tank top and then goes down to long sleeve and then blazers and then it moves on to the next color like I I have a problem <laughs> No, it sounds, it sounds like a solution for me. I just wish we lived closer together and you had more time. Um, but no, that's, that's awesome. And, 
you know, I'm sure, you know, even that kind of probably carries over into how you manage to balance all the things you do. You're, you're super organized. So um, I, do, I do try to stay organized again. I think that that's like my type A slightly OCD personality though. Like everything has a place and everything in its place. Oh man. I, I aspire to be that way and I'm a work in progress. I'm not, I'm definitely not there, but, but I do really, um, I, I like some organization in my life for sure. Um, I have so enjoyed getting to visit with you today and just learn more about your story and what you're working on, Jesse. That the time has like flown by. Um, I have a couple more questions for you um, and then we'll kind of close here. But so what is the wildest thing you have ever had to patch together with Balin wire, bungee cords or duct tape on the ranch? So you asked me this earlier and I'm glad you did because it took me a while to think of this and it's not necessarily going to be um, the wildest thing by any means, but it is a serious life hack, especially if you are a farmer ranch woman. Um, I know that you've experienced this and I do it with everything. So duct tape is my go-to on this or spray paint. But if I always go to look for something, whether it's my shovel or my irrigating boots or the, my rope on my saddle, and it's not there because Justin or my dad or somebody can't find theirs. So they just take mine because I have put it back in its place. So I have started marking all of my items. I used to have like a leopard print duct tape that I had wrapped on my irrigating boots and I had wrapped it on the handle of my shovel and on the tail of my rope. So then at least if I went to go find mine and I couldn't find it, I would know which one was mine because I could spot it on someone else's saddle or in the back of someone else's pickup and go steal it back. So if you're a farmer ranch wife who has a habit of getting your items stolen by your husband or your dad or somebody else, I highly recommend go like find your own duct tape or your color of spray paint and go spray paint everything and duct tape everything so that you can find it. I think that's the best life hack I've ever heard. Like not even kidding. You're right. Everything just kind of goes missing. And so um, I'm definitely going to be incorporating that duct tape um, theme into my stuff when I get home for sure. Yes, it is. It's seriously. And honestly, I kind of thought like, okay, well, I picked this like purple and turquoise leopard print duct tape. Like you cannot miss the stuff. And I was like, well, this will certainly deter any man from wanting to use my belongings. Right. Oh no. No, my rope with my duct taped tail would be on Justin's saddle, but at least then I could go steal it and be like, hey, that's my rope. I need this thing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And like you said, every every farmer ranch wife knows exactly what you're talking about. Um, been there. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, Jesse, when you think of the phrase cowgirl state of mind, because that's really, you know, what this podcast is all about, women embracing that cowgirl state of mind. What, what does that phrase mean to you? You know, I just think of women who, um, who are so strong in their convictions and in their daily life um, and do things, even though maybe they don't necessarily want to do them, but they know they're the right thing and stand up for themselves when it's, or somebody else, um, when the time is right, not necessarily people who are, you know, constantly talk out of turn, but they stand up for the things in life that are right when they know they need to. Um, and just a true, 
like classic American woman. That's what I think of when I think of the cowgirl state of mind. And I hope, I don't necessarily know that I am any of those qualities, but I dang sure aspire to be that kind of woman when I die. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you that you are, you've got that cowgirl state of mind. You're, you're already, you know, active and using it. So um, yeah, I think that's a, that's an awesome description and um, just, just strong, strong women um, and a good foundation. So Jesse, how can everybody connect with you and just keep up with all that you're doing? Yeah, so um, if you are somebody who is interested in Of the West, whether you are a job seeker or an employer who's looking to hire somebody, or maybe you own a trade or a service business and you're looking for new clients, um, you can go to ofthewest.co, not.com, it's .co. And then you can also find Of the West on Instagram at that same handle, ofthewest.co, um, and then on Facebook as well. And then uh, for me personally, my website is jessiejarvis.com. And then over on Instagram, it is Mrs. J. Jarv. So M-R-S-J-J-A-R-V. Oh, I'm just so looking forward to, you know, keeping up. I know that um, you've got just so many awesome things going on right now. You know, of the West is exciting, but just expanding your family and having a, a new cowgirl um, at the ranch. So just thank you for all you're doing for the agriculture industry, the, the Western way of life. And um, I just really appreciate your, your time and you being on the podcast today, Jesse. Well, thank you so much. I cannot, I truly cannot tell you how much it means that you asked me to be included. I am very, very honored. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And um, I'm, I'm just manifesting it now so that, you know, after you've had your baby girl and some COVID regulations are different that we are going to connect in person where it's going to yes, happen. Absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to put it out into the world. Um, Dallas market, August. I yes. feel it. Yes. I have a feeling. Okay. Perfect. We will plan on that. Um, Jesse, thanks again, girl. Thank you. Thank you for spending your time with me on the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. I'm so glad y'all stopped by. If you could take a moment to share this episode and tag us on social media, I'd be happier than a cowgirl in a sea of buy one, get one vintage turquoise. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. New episodes will be released bi-monthly. Please leave us a review if you feel so led by going to iTunes. Your feedback will really help us breed the idea of grabbing life by the horns with a cowgirl state of mind into women across the globe. Some that may have never even had the privilege to throw their leg over a horse, but could most certainly use the cowgirl state of mind while navigating life. Thanks again, y'all. Until next time, keep pursuing your dreams with that all go and no woe mentality. Remember, you're writing a story that's worth saddling up for, sister.